What's happening, sports fans? Happy actual football season. If you have stumbled upon this, we are no longer talking previews. We're talking actual football. Christian Pedersen in the SD Prep Insider Studios. And I actually have people to talk with. Introduce yourselves. Bodie De Silva from scorebooklive.com. Nice. The official, <laughs> the official digital content provider of the CIF. So now you've you've made it big league from us, <laughs> and, and congratulations to all that. And we have the host of RBU <laughs> running back. You, Noah Laxina. Ooh, it feels good to be back in studio with you, Noah. You um, had quite the summer. I did. I'm glad to be here, though. I'm excited. I'm ready for football season. This summer was cool, but it's time for football. That's what matters. So, Noah, just real quick uh, before we get going, <laughs> give us the, the 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 maybe the three key highlights from Sheesh. your summer. Okay, first number one was Cancun. I went with my family and a couple friends. It was it was beautiful there. Um, two, I went to a music festival, Hard Summer. It was like EDM with rap. It was really good. Got to hang out with my friends. I had a great time. And then three was just being in the gym, like hooping, playing basketball with my friends. So I was in the gym every day working on my jumper. Felt like Kawhi Leonard out there. It was beast. Playing just rec ball. It was cool. That's what's up. That's what's up. Um, hopefully you were getting some arms in because Coach <laughs> James bit. last year calling you I out know. in person. Uh, it was a little uncomfortable to say the <laughs> least. Uh, to have you there like that. Uh, Bodie, I feel like asking you three things from the summer <laughs> might be too intrusive, uh, but you traveled a little bit this yeah. summer. How were you? Good. couple trips. Uh, went to see the Padres in Toronto. Uh, went to see the Padres in Chicago, first time at Wrigley Field, and got to go to the Rangers game down in Dallas before they get rid of that stadium. So. Nice. Very nice. Dang, that's nice. Uh, we'll put that on the poll. Did you know they're tearing down the Rangers <laughs> it's stadium? too bad. Built uh, in 94. Makes me feel old already. <laughs> And yes, you hear me saying it, even though this is a podcast that you are listening to, you can go answer all of our polls all season long at SD Prep Insider on Twitter and on Instagram. We'll leave them up for two days after the show. I feel like yeah. that's uh, fair. Yeah. No. Yeah. Give them no enough time. Me. Give them enough time. No, they are tearing down. Did you see how did Tati's do in those games that you watched? Let's see. He was on the IL, not the DL, when I was in Toronto. Jeez. And let's Chicago Padres salvaged the last one, but they they did okay. Um, all day games at Wrigley are awesome. Sat out in the bleachers. Sat in the the bleachers across the street one day. So got a different view. Well, folks, it is that time. Like Noah said, it is time mm -hmm. for football, and uh, we are lucky enough to have. Bodie, Connor Morissette from Scorebook Live will also be joining us. And uh, we're going to be using Scorebook Live all season long for our preview and our recap shows. So coaches, players, anyone listening right now, if you want your stats to be broken down pre or post game, we need them posted on Scorebook Live. That's how we're doing this. If you want us talking about footage, just DM us. SD Prep Insider. At SD Preps. 
at Noah underscore Lax 2017. But let's be real. If you're sending something to Noah, it better be the best possible <laughs> running back highlights because Noah yeah. Noah's not messing around with no three-yard slants. Nah, or, nah. Or, I want to see big time. I want to see some highlights, man, some good ones. I feel like you don't even mess around necessarily with with, with too many of, of, like, the deep bombs. Like, you like the physical, like, let's, yeah. let's get after it a little I bit. I mean, football. unless, like, someone's jumping over somebody, like, getting a moss or one hand, you know, something like that. If it, makes, if it jumps out... If it jumps off the screen, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be excited about it. But if it's just some normal, I'm like, come on, man. That's routine. All right. So our first game this coming week, week one. We, we don't do week zero, right? This is this is legitimately week one. It, it seems like each section calls it something different. I know college football is calling this weekend week zero, but let's call it week one. Fair enough. Avoid confusion. Uh, first game to talk about, and, and some of these I admit we'll talk about more in depth than others, but we got Ocean View Christian versus San Diego Jewish Academy. That one, 3.30 p.m. Friday, San Diego Jewish Academy is the home team there. Congratulations to those, the Patriots and the Lions for being officially the first San Diego high school football game to be happening countywide. Uh, even though there are other games kicking off at 3.30, we will give them the official distinction. Yeah. Uh, guys, anything of note to get onto this one, or should we keep this keep this train moving? Uh, Jewish Academy, they went six and three last year. Two of those losses were to Foothills Christian, which has kind of become the the juggernaut of the the D six schools and down there. So uh, it looks like they'll they'll have a nice season, but it's it's always tough when you run into Foothills Christian. Next game to talk about San Pasqual Academy, Calvin Christian, another one of the D six slash eight man games. Uh, don't have a ton here. Another battle of the the D six uh, eight man teams and um, another early kickoff. All right, so our next game. Mission Hills and Palos Verdes. Uh, we are joined on the phone by Scorebook Live, Southern and LA City section reporter, and uh, newfound beard aficionado, Connor Morissette. Uh, Connor, give us the Palos Verdes side of this game. We'll give you the Mission Hills side. Sure. So last year, Palos Verdes made the Southern section championship in their division, and all of a sudden they've skyrocketed up. They're now in a division four and they returned some nice pieces. Uh, they have a kid named Ryan Wilson who rushed for about 1500 yards and 17 scores last year. And then they got another guy named Julian Alessi who made 79 tackles as a defensive back and then had around a thousand receiving yards, a wide receiver. So they have a couple of nice players. Uh, their quarterback graduated, so they'll need to replace him and uh, moving up to division four will be really tough for them after uh, coming from one of the lesser divisions, but they have some good players, and uh, I don't know too much about Mission Hills, but uh, are they good at, at stopping offenses that move fast and, and will throw some different looks at you? Because that's what Palace Verde says. We'll throw it a little bit, and they'll rely on some of these good skill position guys to make plays. Yeah, uh, Mission Hills should have a good year. I have them preseason ranked third in my rankings. Uh, they return a lot of guys. They Their defense should be very stout. Uh, Mikhail Sooto, I think I'll, I'll mess that up a couple times throughout the year. Uh, junior linebacker, um, Quinton Hadnot, another defensive back they have. Uh, Jackson Oxney looks like he'll start at the quarterback position after uh, playoffs experience last year. So they should have a good team, and um, looks like that'll be a good early season matchup for those two. Noah, anything on Mission Hills? Yeah, um, to add on to that, uh, I know last year wasn't the Mission Hills that they wanted to be according to the record, but their JV did really well against that tough schedule. They went 9-1. and one. Um, They should have a lot of good skill guys. Uh, look out for senior Joe Smith, receiver, and then uh, receiver Quentin Handick. 
So those guys are going to be on the outside trying to make perimeter plays. And then they, like like I said, they have good, like Bodie said, they have a good D-line and uh, they should be good. So it's going to be a good matchup. I got Mission Hills, though, because San Diego, you know. Yeah, just real quick, let me uh, interject. If Mission Hills is number three in San Diego, I think they should comfortably take care of Palos Verdes. And that's not a slight against uh, that team at all. They're, they're good, but we're talking about a top three team in, in San Diego. I, I don't think that they'll be able to compete too well I, maybe a two touchdown win for mission hills if they're that highly ranked all right connor let's move on to san clemente versus oceanside last couple of years we have seen san clemente hosting and then coming down here to san diego so it's actually a team that a lot of people here in san diego are somewhat familiar with oceanside though a classic dynasty, if you will, that has fallen on hard times the last decade or so. Seems like this is their bounce back year. Bodie, I'm sure you're going to talk about it more, but Noah, there are, um, I mean, Noah collectively, all of us down here have a lot of excitement for this Oceanside team and the weapons they have. So, Connor, give us the San Clemente, then Boa, you, uh, Bodie, Boa, Boa, Boa <laughs> the, the Boa constrictor the Boa. <laughs> is everyone here in the studio. Um, uh, put it on the poll. Do you get Bodie and Noah confused? Um, uh, San Clemente from you, Connor, and then uh, Bodie, give us Oceanside. Sure. So San Clemente, they're a team rich in tradition, and sounds like since they make such frequent trips to San Diego, you guys know that. Uh, Eric Sondheim of the LA Times has them at number 25 to begin the year, I believe, in his poll or, or somewhere in the 20s. I think we have them at Scorebook Live, somewhere in the 20s as well. So expectations are pretty high, but they do lose quarterback Brennan Costello, who is now at Oklahoma State, who was a great quarterback a year ago. He helped San Clemente win the league over Mighty Mission Viejo last season, which was big, so replacing him will be tough. Uh, but three guys to know. Cole Batson is a great player. He's a safety. He made 98 tackles and was all league last year. Trenton Braille as an outside linebacker was all second league or second team, however you want to say that, a year ago. He made 106 tackles. And then Preston Rex was a great player for them in safety. So that's three defensive players. A lot of questions on the offensive side for them. So if Oceanside uh, has a pretty good defense, it might be tough for San Clemente, but they are a Division One Southern Section team. And as you guys know, the Southern Section, Division One, you just kind of got to be built different. And uh, San Clemente, they have a great track record with quarterbacks. So I'm sure whoever they bring in will be pretty solid and just competing at the division one level down here is tough so uh, we'll see how oceanside fares because like you said christian it sounds like they've fallen on hard times had fallen on hard times <laughs> they back i don't know okay who the, they're back I, I don't know okay. who the official uh I, I would go with the ll cool j uh reference don't call it a comeback but we'll put it on the poll our ll cool j references too dated uh, so, uh, Bodie, Noah, Boa, uh, which one of you guys wants to take Oceanside first? Yeah, so I'm expecting a good year from Oceanside. They're ninth in my preseason rankings. Uh, it's the fourth straight year that them and San Clemente have opened up. So, a uh, good little rivalry there. Two teams in different sections, although uh, obviously only separated there by the Marine base. Um, and San Clemente, we talking about them quickly. They opened their year with four straight games against San Diego section opponents. Uh, Torrey Pines, Acosta Canyon, and Lincoln are the other three. So uh, they definitely have interest in playing some San Diego teams and should get quality games out of all those. But uh, looking back at Oceanside, they obviously have to um, replace Kyron Beecham, who did everything last oh, year. He's, and, the man. he's also <laughs> really good at radio. And now he gets up, radio. Now up at Idaho. Uh, his younger brother, Cameron Beecham, he's there. He'll play two ways for them. Uh, Kavika Tua, one of the best running backs in the county. Uh, and they got some talented defensive guys. Trajan Apodaca, Christopher Laie, 
uh, Eric Russell, Jalen Ramsey. So uh, should be one of the, the better years for Oceanside in the last couple of years, definitely. Yeah, uh, to piggyback on that, uh, like Bodie said, there are a lot of guys returning, seven returning offensive starters, seven returning defensive starters. And um, look for their running back, uh, Kavika Tua, to have a great year behind a good old line. Um, that looks like this team is going to be a veteran team with a lot of chemistry. But just breaking in that new quarterback, breaking in uh, that linebacker position is going to be a bit tough. But I feel like against San Clemente, they could pull it off and then get a W. All right, we got to move on to... Cajon, the Cowboys versus the Helix Highlanders. Um, we'll make no qualms about it, uh, Connor. Helix is coming for blood this <laughs> year, um, so we're gonna we're gonna we're just gonna all be biased towards this team cutting a nice, uh, you know, uh, Grand Canyon sized swath through your section. Give the fans a, a basic outline of what they can expect because this Cajon game is gonna be a little bit of a battle. Yeah, this will be a great game. So, unfortunately for Cajon fans, well, depending on how you look at it, it might be unfortunate, it might not. They lost their quarterback, Jaden Daniels, but he was just named the starter at Arizona State as a true freshman. So, I'm sure a lot of Cajon fans would be happy with that. But, of course, you have to replace him at the high school level, and they just don't have someone who's going to do what Daniels was able to do last year. He was a really special talent and just goes to show how good he is that he's starting so early at Arizona State, playing for Herm Edwards. So, that's a question mark. But defensively, they have some dudes. So Rodney Robinson's a free safety of 10 scholarship offers. Cameron Forrest is a strong safety of six scholarship offers. So I don't know if Helix plans on throwing the ball, but they'll have to deal with, with those two guys, which will be tough. Uh, on the defensive line, they got a kid named Josh Hatchett, who was a tackle for loss machine last season. So defensively, they look good, but on offense, they're a question mark just because they only bring back four starters and they'll have to replace Jane Daniels. The good news for Cajon fans, Nicholas Rogers is entering his fifth season, and he's only lost 14 games in his run. So he's a fantastic coach. Cajon's a great program. They won the Citrus Belt League last year, made it all the way to Division Three Championship. They have a lot of history. They're a good team, but they do have some pieces to replace. I'll take it first on, on, on Helix. Uh, I was out there this summer to see Delshawn Trailer, kind of to answer your question, uh, Connor, if they're going to try and pass this summer. I think the Delshawn trailer is one of the underappreciated, underrated, in general quarterbacks. Uh, we saw a couple years ago Carson Baker be a decently traditional-looking pocket passer, six foot something. You know, kind of knew how to stand in that pocket. Delshawn, I think, gets sort of unfairly pegged as a runner, mobile, whatever you want to say, type quarterback. So they're gonna definitely pass it. They're going to also be able to pass it, I think, because El Elyon Noah is someone that you have to stack the box against. Guys? Yeah, you talk about Delshawn Trailer Threw three touchdown passes last year, ran for 14, and also had four interceptions. So uh, committed to play at Army, can kind of do everything, and I'm sure that'll continue this year. Elyon Noah should pass 5,000 career yards early in the season, which is super impressive. And to go with that, he's he's up to double-digit scholarship offers now. So he's he's been appreciated. He also finally has social media. Yeah. Hey, hey, that Noah guy, man, he's something special. And every year you you see these running backs from San Diego that just stick out to you. And he's definitely one of them. Yeah. And, and I think as always with Helix, the understated, underappreciated part of that is just their, their size up front is always massive. They always have a quality O-line. All right, Connor, pair of well, games, and then we'll get you out of here. First one is Hart versus Carlsbad. I will say this, Carlsbad 
for as much of a doormat as they have been in the avocado league the last couple years I think they finally have the the right senior class where everybody's good and old at the same time so this is a Carlsbad team that I have as a sleeper open division team down here in San Diego Connor give us the rundown on Hart sure well hopefully they can stop the pass because Hart quarterback Zach Johnson is committed to Cal and Hart they're going to spread it out they're going to throw it it's not every team that, that has a quarterback that's going to the Pac-12. So he's a senior now. He started as a junior. He's a returning starter. When you're going to the Pac-12, of course, that's going to be the case. And, I mean, he almost threw for 3,000 yards, and he did throw for 30 touchdowns last year. So just a great player. He, he can run a little bit, too. He was their second-leading rusher last year with 347 yards. They are going to pass, pass, pass. The good news for Carlsbad fans will be, after Zach Johnson, there really aren't any elite, elite players on Hart. They have some guys who can do some nice things, but no one really that big or, or no one who's on the national level like Johnson was. Drew Munoz was a great receiver a year ago, caught uh, multiple passes, 523 receiving yards, and uh, had 10 scores, so he's a red zone threat. And then Leighton McCarthy, uh, linebacker, leads the defense for them. He had 79 tackles. So, they're they're good. They're, I wouldn't call them a great team, but they're they're a good team with a great quarterback. Yeah. So talking about Carlsbad, I much like Christian, I have high expectations for them this year. Oh, come on now, stealing <laughs> my expectations. That was my team. Uh, they've they've got to replace a quarterback. They've got to replace a running back, but they do return sixteen starters, nine of them on defense. So that should definitely be a strong point. But uh, the Avocado League, we've been over it for several years now. Is it's loaded and um, looks like it'll have four or five top ten teams and. Uh, probably all of their seven teams within the top 15. So uh, that's definitely a, another early season uh, game that looks great. All right. Noah, you got anything on Carlsbad on the way out? All right. All right. Here's our last game to talk about. Los Alamitos, the Griffins, squaring off with Torrey Pines. Um, uh, Torrey Pines, we can all agree in, in from our end of it, Connor. It, it, we feel broken and empty without Mac Bingham there. <laughs> It, 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 it's it's a cold and lonely Tory Pines uh, without uh, everybody's favorite high school athlete in the history of high school athletics. Uh, we miss you, Mac. Please come back and re-enroll. Um, but, I mean, it's still a big physical team up front. New quarterback, new running back, new faces. Same destructive system, same destructive production. Uh, Connor, you want to give us the rundown on Los Alamitos? Sure. They're very, very underrated in my eyes. They have two quarterbacks, which a lot of times means you don't have one, but no, they have two legit quarterbacks. Caden McConnell is a senior who tore his ACL a couple days before the season last year, and that was the second time carrying it. He said, screw it, I'm going to wear a brace, I'm going to play, I'm tired of sitting out. So he played all of last year with a torn ACL, still threw for almost 2,000 yards and 23 touchdowns, and he is back for his senior year, and he's healthy, but of course you got to take that with a grain of salt anytime anyone's torn their ACL twice waiting in the wings and will also play a little as a freshman named Malachi Nelson, who I know it's crazy to rank freshmen, but he is one of the higher-rated freshman quarterbacks, and I expect him to take over after McConnell graduates and be a three-year starter at Los Alamitos and then go on to play Division One. He already has a scholarship offer from Auburn, so he, he's on a lot of college teams' radars, even though he's only a 14-year-old kid. The head coach at Los Alamitos has been known to play two quarterbacks, so I think that's what they're going to do. And then defensively, Giovanni... De Leon is a scary linebacker. He has a bunch of Pac-12 offers. I would not want to go up against this team. And I, and I know Torrey Pines is great and they're a really historic program. 
Uh, but I, I think Los Alamitos is trying for a special year. They have some great players, and they're in Division Three here in the Southern Section. And in my opinion, they're one of the favorites to win. Kind of a, a dark horse team a little bit, not on too many people's radars to begin the year because Division Three in the Southern Section is so stacked. But I believe they're they're a uh, contender in Division Three, and they're ranked in our top twenty-five as well as the LA Times twenty-five. They're a really good team. Oh well, for Tory Pines, I feel like. This year, even though they're losing a lot of people, you know, they have a great coaching staff and they're going to coach their guys up. Um, a big point, I know JV is not really something to look for, uh, look at, but in that avocado league, knowing that every team's that strong, their, their JV did have a winning record last year. And then um, look for their defense to be led by uh, Grant Anderson, the senior, big guy in the middle. And then uh, Marco Nardarani and Luke Seisman, also two big guys, two big juniors who are going to uh, contribute to that uh, team. And I just feel like the defense is going to come hit. They're going to come flying. The offense, it might take a couple weeks. There's a lot of new faces. And when offense, it always takes a little bit longer to develop than the defense. But in that, in that system, with that coaching staff, I feel like they'll, they'll get it straight and they'll find a way to work some magic on Friday. We're going to add that to the poll. Do you scout out the JV wins and losses from last year? Connor, I think we might have Noah low-key challenging you to like a journalism off uh, to see who digs deeper into high school athletics. Uh, we, might have to, we might have to just do a, a separate JV sports podcast with you guys. Uh, Bodie, any biased uh, nonsense you can spout about Torrey Pines? Uh, I did see their scrimmage. They took down Rancho Bernardo pretty easily, although you never know with scrimmages what coaches are holding back. Maybe guys are sitting out. Uh, offensively, they only returned two guys. We, we talked about Bingham. They got to replace Jason Hine at quarterback, three more linemen to replace. Uh, but defensively, really talented. Grant Anderson, bunch of offers. Marco Notriani, bunch of offers. Uh, so they should be good there, but it's whether the defense can can keep other teams down enough to, to get the offense warmed up. Connor, any closing remarks? Uh, let us let everyone know how they can find you on social media because you, you have absolutely the best uh, account that is not related to mine. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know if that's true. I tweet too much. I'm probably pretty annoying, but it's at C underscore Morissette and double everything, double R's, double S, double C. Um, and just so you know, right now, Connor, uh, early returns on the voting. Are beards worth it in the summer? 56% say yes. So uh, would you agree with that, having uh, put together your first summer uh, beard here in Southern California? <laughs> yes, I would. And uh, that's great that the people agree with me, even though it's just a slight margin. But I'll keep on keeping on with this beard, that's for sure. Deal. Connor Morissette, thank you very much for joining us. He is the head man at Scorebook Live. Uh, he dwarfs Bodie's production in every way, shape, and form other <laughs> than Bodie's adorable nature. Bodie, we <laughs> love you. Uh, Connor, hopefully we will talk to you next week uh, with, uh, with a little bit more. How about this, Connor? We'll, we'll close on this note. We will have a running tally going um, between the Southern section versus the San Diego section, and we'll give out a little unofficial uh, cup or title of some sort at the end of the year when we all meet up for a, a state championship podcast. Hope to talk to you soon. All Connor. right. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right. Talk to you later, man. Bye. I like that guy. Good man. Good man. Good. Yeah, those are tough sections to, to know everything about up there. It's <laughs> tough just covering everything. Yeah. Oh, except for JV wins losses. Yeah. That's what's up, <laughs> Shout out to the JV. That's dude. Shout out to everything you do, Noah. Everything for all of us. All right, so that was the cross section games from the southern section to the San Diego section. There's going to be some of that 
for what the first three four weeks of the year. Uh, yeah, I think week four or five is probably where it where it ends up. And, and so. then we'll so th- we'll, we'll be hearing from Connor off and on. Um, and if you have stumbled across this from our Southern section accounts, you're welcome to stick around. It's comedy radio. We're pretty funny. We're decently entertaining people. The the boa constrictor is a nice duo. Um, <laughs> so guys. Let's keep it going, though, here in the San Diego section games. And we got Castle Park versus O'Farrell. Now, Castle Park, new coaching staff this year, coming off a team that uh, weird year last year. They had to forfeit a couple games, but then they ended up winning out. So the the core nugget of the talent is there. O'Farrell, still the... We'll get, I'm going to give them four years to, mm. to run through a full freshman to senior class before we even start to look at the results right now they are just in the literal building phase of this program um so i look at this as a great opportunity for castle park to pick up some momentum early in the season i also look at this as a great opportunity for o'farrell to start early if they can keep any of these games close it's a statement uh, yeah, I agree. Um, I think Castle Park is definitely trending upward based off the end of last season. If they could get those numbers, um, keep those numbers up as far as participants in their football program, they should be fine to get this week against O'Farrell. O'Farrell, they're going to take their lumps still, but I shouldn't be uh, diminished on what they're trying to do in that program. I feel like eventually things are going to start to get going, but in week one, I got Castle Park. So this one is going to be Friday at 4.15 p.m. at O'Farrell. Beautiful campus. It's actually really nice facilities there. Definitely worth checking out. And these games that start at 3 and 4 o'clock, it's perfect. Go check these out, then get yourself to a 7 o'clock marquee matchup. Bodie, anything on this one before we, we move on? No, these two teams played last year as the first ever game for O'Farrell, um, and, and that's about it. I mean, it'll be a few years for O'Farrell, but got to get out there and keep working. Next game, the defending CIF champion San Diego Cavers take on the Crawford Colts, 6.30 p.m. at Crawford High School, one of the newer opened and remodeled stadiums. Coach Matt Marquez, this is I love that guy. He's a good dude. I'll never forget when he got got us track shirts. He's cool. I yeah, still rep no, it. to this day, though. I go to the gym, rep the track shirt. He's a beast. Um, you could, you know, people don't see you. You could say that you're wearing it right now. I'm wearing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> it looks good too, um, coach. So this is Coach Matt Marquez's first full off season into him head coaching. From everything we've seen on social media, things have been going really well in terms of participation, attendance to lifting, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, San Diego. It, it, it was it, it no longer can you talk about them surprising anybody yep they have made state level runs they have sure a lot of people like Jaden and Raiden and Earthwind and Fire have graduated but you've got you got uh, Mo they're running back you've got a nugget of players that have a great ex- like core of experience there so San Diego, until I see otherwise in X, like in the X's and O's that I watch on film, San Diego, I have them as a, a, a team to beat this year. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, they they received a couple votes in the early season top 10. I don't think they're at that point yet, but they're they're definitely up um, among the top teams. And now that uh, they have to move up to, to Division Three, I believe, this year, which it's tough. I mean, you lose guys and you still have to move up the division, but that's how it works. So uh, you, you play well, you got to keep moving up and play the best team. So I think they'll take this one, but uh, I'm not sure that they'll they have the ability to make another state run. Um, I'm going to go San Diego here, but 
I still think this is a pretty this is an interesting game to look out for. Uh, Crawford has 15 returning starters, and um, they're led by their running back linebacker Marlo Jenkins. He's 205 pounds, Woo! so if he could just just thump, thump, thump for four quarters, maybe slow him down. Maybe Crawford has a chance. But at the end of the day, San Diego still well respected. Uh, Mo Jackson and company. Uh, they even have two former Chargers coaching there now, uh, Stephen Cooper and Quentin Jammer. They're coaching on that uh, San Diego coaching staff, so oh, the well staff is loaded. Because Quentin Jammer is going to teach all their guys how to fold. <laughs> hey, he was like, I like Quentin Jammer. But shout out Quentin Jammer. But um, anyways, I'd, Crawford, I think they're going to treat this like their Super Bowl, their week one, like must-have game. They've been circling this one on the calendar forever. But I just think San Diego High School has a lot to prove as well they're going to make a statement and they're going to move past Crawford in week one that game like I said 6 30 p.m at Crawford really excited uh to see a lot of these games are not like very few tomato cans on mm -hmm. this week one schedule like we got some battles going on uh we'll put it on the poll though you mentioned that running back and his size um anybody over 200 pounds are you scared to tackle yeah. that running back we'll <laughs> you, put think that you think twice you think twice uh for all the polls and all the information at SD Prep Insider on Instagram and Twitter. Next game to talk about 6:30 p.m. Scripps Ranch has their home opener versus Sarah. Rashad Griffin, great weapon for Scripps Ranch. A lot of singular focus on him. Sarah kind of lost in the wash last year that they made a semifinal run, barely losing to Kearney in a real throwdown of a game, and they don't graduate all that many people mm. last year. So Sarah, coming off a league championship year, I think deserves more hype than they currently are getting. So this one's a really interesting uh, one. And, I, and I'm even, I'm kind of, for all these, I'm kind of steering clear of making picks because you don't know what you're going to get week one going into a season. But this one is a little bit of the... Man, some people are going to get caught off guard with how good Sarah is versus how singularly amazing can, can Rashad Griffin be in terms of his offensive production for Scripps Ranch. Bodie? Yeah, I, I think this is a year where Scripps Ranch will surprise some people, but uh, looking at a lot of the computer rankings, these teams are pretty even. Um, so this, as you said, another great game in week one. I'm happy to see these two teams playing. Um, I'm going to lean towards Scripps Ranch. They have 17 returning starters. I think that's going to be big for them this year. Uh, Nick Jardinera, Rashad Griffin, Mikey McGibney. So uh, they got some some talented offensive weapons there. Uh, baseball player Carter Foss on the defensive line, like that pitcher D line combo. Um, but I'm going to go with Scripps Ranch in Week One. <laughs> That's one of the most like weird combinations yeah, you're see I've too many seen. Of those. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with, I'm with, I'm, I'm going to agree on this. Um, I think Sarah, they're, they're, should, they're trending upwards. Scripps Ranch is trending upward, but I just feel like Script Ranch having a lot of returners, um, having guys move up to the next level, they're going to do well at the level. And I just feel like, uh, to start the season, Script Ranch is going to get the W. We're going to put it out there on the poll at SD Prep Insider is pitcher and defensive line, <laughs> a weird combination of positions. Uh, our next game will be. We're finally into the 7 p.m. slate of games. Yeah. So technically you could hit the 4 p.m., yeah. the 6.30 p.m. I've done a triple header. Oh, man. I've Dang. done a triple The header. triple crown? <laughs> it's not easy. You can you get the chance maybe once a year. So. For football ones? Football. Man, but I well, feel like Bodie's one of the only people type of people that could do that. you got to be a special type of three five seven. And the uh, seven and was the holy the bowl. Whole game, or you no, just watch I, I head out like early fourth. Because if we're doing just parts of games, yeah. I've done five in one night. <laughs> Actually, it was on that Saturday last year when they all got lightninged out. Oh, yeah. Uh, I ended up driving all over the South <laughs> Bay uh, the next day. Uh, 
Shout out to Eastlake for preventing me from getting six games because it took them a literally 12 minutes to finish off their game. Uh, our next one, Claremont. They are taking on Army-Navy. This one's 7 p.m. at the Army-Navy Academy. Uh, pair of teams looking to start the season off in the right direction. I think that this is also a pair of teams that you look at it and you're like, man, I feel for these coaching staffs because they're working with 20 and 30 kids. Like, this is small squads. Um Claremont needs to pick up all the momentum they can given the fact that they're in league with Sarah. So a little bit more of a must-win game for Claremont. Yeah, I'm going to go Army-Navy here. Um, The youth in Army-Navy, and um, it gets me a little bit more excited. I feel like throwing throwing out the young guys out there, getting them that experience against a Claremont team that struggled last year is going to be good for them, and um, I think they're going to be an excited team to watch this year. So I got the young guys from Army-Navy. Yeah, I'm going to go with Army-Navy as well. It's tough. Two D- Division Five teams here, but uh, Army-Navy's league is definitely going to be easier with them playing some smaller private schools than what Claremont has to deal with in a public school league. Our next game, 7 p.m. Oh, this is why you get into high school sports. To talk about teams that by the end of the season, we could hypothetically say, could this team take on the worst Division One college team? <laughs> yeah. And that is the St. Augustine? Yeah. Did I? Uh, no, that's right. No, that's that's right. what I've been told. Okay. <laughs> it is. Coach Pomato said it sounds like a gust of wind. So, Coach Pomato, I'm DMing you this with a question. Grade me on a scale of one to 10. St. <laughs> Augustine? Yeah. Uh, look, I say St. Augustine. I'm sorry. I grew up in the Western League, not particularly having a fondness for Saints, just calling them Saints. <laughs> I get it. I'm sorry. They're taking on Benita Vista. This one will be at Mesa College, 7 p.m. Guys, uh, I'm just going to, well, let's skip the game analysis and just say, is this the road to Saints going 10 or no? I mean, to me, it looks like it's it's going to be the Holy Bowl that would hold them up. Obviously, this is my number one team. There's a lot of teams that have cathedral number one, or a lot of people that have cathedral number one. That's, I mean, I can see the argument both ways. Um, Saints returns 18 starters from the team that won Division One last year. Uh, quarterback, I mean, so many of the important parts are back and experienced and talented players that are playing in college. So um, it's it, it's definitely on the table. Yeah, they have the size. They have the speed. They check off all the boxes, and they're, they're going to have depth. They have the great coaching. So if they could just keep – don't let anything because in, in a season throughout the season you're gonna have highs and lows. So if they can recover from those lows fast, like I expect them to be, because they're a mature team, they're gonna be fine. And I do think they have a good chance of going ten and zero. And I'll say this: if you are to believe the Twitter sphere, uh, one of the lows that they have to recover from is Angelo Peraza and people not believing in his talent as a football player and and perhaps not seeing him as a... Definitely one of my favorite baseball players to watch, but you get him out on the football field and realize how good he is there too. Well, that's the thing, is that that there seems to maybe be an (laughs) underappreciation in the public sphere for his talent as a football (laughs) player. Uh, I, I don't know how you doubt somebody who's a CIF champion that did what he did in a CIF championship setting, let alone looking at it macro the rest of the year, especially when he has so many of his weapons returning. They lose the older Pongia, and yep. that's about it. Yep. I, I get they like they lose a couple guys here and there, but everybody is bigger. And yeah, better. you have a top shelf running back. You've got the best tight end in the county. You get McWilliams out there, Sam Scaife out there. But let's just talk about it realistically. Yeah. They might not ever need to use Angelo because that defense <laughs> might just oh be scoring goodness. all the touchdowns themselves. Like, 
They got some goons. On yeah, that in, in their scrimmage, they they ran the starters really for about a series, and and that was enough. And, and even the the backup guys weren't allowing many first downs. So, a uh, scary team for opponents to play this year. Our next game, SFC, the Eagles. Them, their Eagles will take on the Christian High Patriots. This game, seven p.m. Where's this one being played? This one's going to be played out in El Cajon, I believe, at, at Granite, Granite Hills. Hills. Yep. Um, I always have to double check. Uh, Santa Fe Christian and Christian. This is uh, sort of low-key the Spider-Man meme. Two small <laughs> schools kind of pointing at each other like, hey, we both run vaguely the same scheme of small teams, physical teams. Both teams also with a decent amount of graduation in the last couple of years, robbing them of multi-year starters that we'd all sort of come to know as that was their guy on that side, that was their guy on the other side. Uh, Christian a little more... R- singularly ground and pound now with their current set. This one's a hard one to, to differentiate, but I see this one as more must win for Christian than it is for SFC. Yeah. Christian welcomes in Gabe Krug quarterback. He transferred in from St. Augustine uh, and for Santa Fe Christian. I think this, this may be uh, one of the first years in a while where I think they're really kind of down, um, but with their system, they'll that triple option. They'll always find a way to compete that way. And Noah's been there. Kids, yeah. that, kids that buy in and know the system. So just cause they don't have the talent uh, that they have in past years, doesn't mean that the, that it should be a huge drop off for them. Yeah. Something that you can't really uh, see like, no matter the eye test of players coming back, it's the heart. And uh, Santa Fe Christian always plays a lot of heart. So I expect them to give Christian a game. Christian, uh, look for Todd Breezer. He's a wide out and he plays defensive end. So that's kind of another weird combination. But he's going to be a target for Gabe Krug to throw to. But um, I'm going to go Christian in this one. All right. Our next game. Let's get back to the scorebooklive.com page. You can find all of your information at Scorebook Live. That is what we are going to be using all season long. Uh, Bodie, huge thanks to you and Scorebook Live for joining us this year. Um, But yeah, if you want, again, your stats discussed this season, they got to be entered on Scorebook Live. Chula Vista, the Spartans, they are going to be taking on La Jolla Country Day, 7 p.m. at La Jolla Country Day. This Chula Vista team, they got some big boys in the backfield and up front. La Jolla Country Day last year took a lot of losses in a regrowth year. So mm. we're going to see a bounce back Country Day, or is this an interesting Chula Vista team to look out for? Uh, I think going in, I mean, the, it's tough preseason. The computers have both these teams very even. Uh, I would lean towards Chula Vista. I think the public school, um, they're going to have just bigger guys and more guys to work with. So in this opener, I got Chula Vista. Yeah, uh, um, I'm. I like Chula. They're they're on the come up, and you know, definitely they're going to be more improved team than last year. But I like uh, La Jolla Country Days running back uh, Nick Albert and uh, their tight end defensive end Brandon Kim. Look for them to lead uh, La Jolla Country Day past Chula Vista this week. Our next game is completely untenable for me to talk about in any sort of objective form because the Coronado Islanders will be playing host to the Maranatha Christian Eagles, seven p.m. Out on the island, if you have not heard, we did the grind this year with Coronado, Coach Hines, and company. They're a good team. They're they're a team that they've got to compete with. Like It comes down to, as I said in the season preview, it comes down to their game versus Sarah, I think, for that league championship. Mm-hmm. Ash Bibby's uh, great mobile dual threat quarterback type vibe. 
they got uh, they got some dudes. James Whitoff, who's a big physical deep threat. They, I mean, I think Coronado. It's going to all come down to the lead games, and I see them in the driver's seat in a lot of situations like this. Maranatha Christian on the flip side. I know that this year uh, strength of schedule is, is has been taken out of the or not strength of schedule margin of victory is being taken yeah. out of it, but they're a team that that they, they got to just keep some games close, and I see them if they can keep early games close, look out for them late in the season when they start to figure it out. But right now, I see Coronado in the driver's seat on this one. Yeah, this is one where I, I think preseason the computers aren't always sure. Uh, in this game, they have Maranatha as the higher ranked team. Uh, I would view Coronado as the higher-ranked team. Uh, they'll definitely have the higher-ranked strength of schedule. But Coronado, uh, just starting the year at home, I think they get this one done. Yeah, uh, real quick, uh, not-so-hot take. Uh, Coach Hines greater than John Gruden. Because I know, because right now we're doing hard knock, they're doing hard knocks, but, you know, the more exciting coach for me to watch, I want to watch the grind with Coach Hines. But, um, yeah, it's tough to it's tough to play Coronado at home, go out to the island. Uh, last year was a really good game between the two. Uh, Maranatha Christian you lost to Coronado. Pole, right? Yeah, <laughs> don't act John Gruden too, man. I, I'm riding with Coach Hines. I'm going to the street fight with him. But, uh, like I said, Maranatha Christian lost Coronado in a close game last year, but I feel like uh, this year Coronado's still going to win. Yeah, get that on that poll. I gotta find Gruden. I don't know if he has an Instagram. I don't know if he has a Twitter. At um, Mayock, somebody. Our next game, man. We talk about it. We talk about a literal like throwdown. East Lake Steel Canyon Week One. Um, East Lake been in the conversation the last couple years. They lose. The twin towers of the Tongan Tank uh, and company up on the front line uh, with them and Levante Webb. Steel Canyon, a lot of people are really pushing the chips in early season on, on, on Steel Canyon and what they are capable of doing. Guys, I will step back a little bit and hear what you have to say, though. Yeah, I think this has the potential to be one of the best games in the county for week one. Uh, Steel Canyon, I had 10th in my preseason poll, and Eastlake I had at 13, so both locked in pretty closely there. Uh, Steel Canyon returns nine on defense, super important. They've got Wes Neely, super experienced running back. So uh, I'm going to go with Steel Canyon with them being at home. Eastlake's a little young, but I think as the, the year goes on, and, and especially into next year, those guys will grow up and become a really good team. Yeah, um, this is going to, like, uh, Christian said, or and Bodhi said, this is going to be potential game of the week. Um, I like Eastlake. Um, and Eastlake, whenever they, they're known for having great linebackers in a good running game, and I feel like they could put Steel Canyon's uh, experience defense to the test. Steel Canyon's going to be loaded um, with playmakers on, on both sides of the ball. And I'm not going to give a pick to this one, but I think it's going to come down to the last possession for sure. That was going to be 7 p.m. at Steel Canyon. Get there early because traffic... Like, it's a literal, like, that is one of the worst <laughs> parking situations yeah. for a well-attended game to be at. So, yeah. get there early. Next game, 7 p.m., the Francis Parker Lancers play host to El Cajon Valley. Big time to find out if uh, if Parker was a, was a flash-in-the-pan, one-and-done type team, or if they are legitimately building something there with Coach Morrison, uh, the younger Morrison. Um Parker Companion and Company, uh, uh, like, 
tentatively want to go back in on this Parker team this year. Like, I, I don't think that it's fair to just say that Ryan Sanborn <laughs> came in and admittedly was the coolest dude in the world. Um, we all re- remember fondly his Instagram moments where he uh, he got us all with the circle game. <laughs> Man. Um, Ryan Sanborn. Sanborn. Ryan uh, Sanborn. But, uh, look. Uh, shout out Mama Sanborn if you're if you're listening. We, we still want you to be part of the show this year. Um, yeah. <laughs> but back to the team this year, like I, I don't want to insult these guys and say that it was just just him last year. Like I, I think that the building blocks are still there. The question is, can a team seamlessly from game one on build that identity and and, and not be looking around going, Well, where is he? And, and not it take a week or two. If, if I just, I, I'm going to go in and I'm going to say that Parker is on the war path again this year, and they've got the kids, they've got the favorable schedule. El Cajon Valley is a school that they struggled with a coaching change two years ago that kind of put a divot in their numbers. They're building something back out there too. So this is an interesting litmus test for both, but I, I give the slight edge to Parker. Yeah, I'll go with Parker as well. I don't think the the drop-off is going to be all that crazy. They returned their top three running backs from last year. I think that's really important to to ease in whoever takes over at the um, the quarterback position. And and we'll see. I mean, I think week one is a good place to start out against El Cajon Valley. But uh, as the year goes on, I, I'm not sure they're the 11-2 and two team from last year, but I think seven or eight wins is definitely obtainable. Yeah, uh, seven returning starters on offense, six returning starters on defense. So um, naturally, when you when a guy like Ryan Sandborn leaves, it takes a while for someone to step up naturally and fill that position because, you know, you're used to, you know, being in your role. But sometimes you need to step out of your comfort zone. It's going to take a minute. But again, against El Cajon, they shouldn't have a problem. I feel like uh, Francis Parker will win that game. Our next game, El Cap at Modern Day Catholic, 7 p.m. at Modern Day Catholic. I'm all in on Aiden Calvert being the most underappreciated running mm. back in San Diego. This dude is going to go off this year. We talked to him this summer. He's heavier. He's stronger. He's faster. He's a dual sport guy, so I think he has that, that balanced mindset. Like, I'm in. Wick Hauser going to be a great productive The fourth. There's a lot of good things <laughs> at El Cap. Like, this is a bounce-back year for El Cap, but I go running over passing in terms of game control, so I go modern day here. I'm going to go El Cap here. I think uh, I had them as one of my top contenders in Division Three. Uh, Wickhauser, a ton of experience at quarterback. He's been a starter since freshman year. Uh, Carson Fail, I think I'm pronouncing that right, File, Fail, uh, on the offensive line, really good player there. Uh, Donnie Green at running back. So uh, they've got 12 returning starters, and uh, I think they'll they'll definitely improve big on their 3-8 and eight record from a year ago. Uh, I'm going to go with modern day. Uh, like Christian said, Aiden Calvert, he's going to have a big year. Uh, Jacob Cannon from modern day, he plays both sides of the ball. He's going to step up. He's a long, lanky receiver safety. And then um, there's one guy that I'm going to point out now. He's a freshman, Trey Edwards from modern day. Remember that name, okay? He's going to be a big time. You just got him on JV last year? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, our next game, 7 p.m. at Escondido. Hilltop travels to take on the Escondido Cougars. Escondido the last couple of years has been a menace at home and struggled a little bit on the road. So this one, you got to think the slight edge is to Escondido, but Hilltop, Coach Wesling has been producing better and better talent with them the last couple of years. Uh, I, I like the size that Hilltop has on their line. I like the skill positions. 
that that Escondido has. I see this as a toss-up game. Yeah, this is another, I mean, great game for week one, especially from two teams from different regions that are willing to meet up and play. Um, I know Escondido's pretty excited about the team they have this year, so uh, I'll lean with them being the home team, but I think this is definitely a toss-up. Yeah, I agree. Toss-up, but I'm, I think Escondido at home is going to be a tough trip for Hilltop. Uh, Jeremiah Serrano for Hilltop, he's going to be running behind a good old line, so if they can control that clock, um, they can make it interesting. But nine, re- nine returning starters on both sides of the ball for Escondido and Robbie Ramos. Their third-year starting quarterback, he's a junior, so he's been starting since a freshman. He's going to uh, light it up. Next game, 7 p.m., Poway travels to take on Grant. Poway's hosting at Granite Hills? Poway is hosting. Poway is hosting at Granite. Uh, Poway is hosting Granite Hills. Jared Butler for Poway is going to be potentially a uh, league leader or a a county leader in rushing. Granite Hills, you saw them, Bodie, uh, so I'll let you speak more about them. Yeah, I have them, uh, I believe, 14th in my preseason rankings, uh, 12th or 14th. But anyways, I expect them to be a good team. going to week one against Poway and I have them very similarly ranked as well uh, I think Jared Butler's probably the difference in this one Poway being at home getting to open up that way uh, I saw Granite Hills in their scrimmage against Saints it's tough to say because Saints is not the not the right one to to compete on an even playing field when you're when you're just trying to get going there but uh, Granite Hills has some talent they look big couple big linemen to me so uh, they should definitely compete throughout the year I will go Poway in week one I think the advantage here for Poway is definitely Butler, but the four out of their five returning linemen are coming back, and I think that's going to be the key. When you have the linemen on the same page, they know what to do, and they're going to just Butler, 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 Butler. And sooner or later, as the game goes on, you just get tired, and it's hard coming up, play after play, just hitting the guy. Poway does this. They give uh, Jared Adelman a couple years back, they gave him the ball 30 times a game, and eventually he just broke loose, and it's just very demoralizing for a defense to keep returning and hitting. And I think Grandin Hill is going to have a good season, but I got Poway in this one. Our next game, Mira Mesa versus Grossmont, 7 p.m. at Grossmont. Jamie Odom. Big opportunity for him to lead Grossmont this year. They got a huge roster, so they've got tons of depth behind him. Mira Mesa, they've got to replace Noah Tumblin in the aggregate because I'm assuming yeah, you can't do that. Physically replace him. Um, real interesting game. Yeah, um, Grossmont uh, usually they're they're a team that usually puts up a lot of points on the offense. They run a lot of different looks, motion a lot of different guys, and puts you in a lot of. Uh, difficult situations for a defense and I think coming out uh week one they're going to do that they're going to be able to light it up and um they're going to get a win yeah I I really like Grossmont this year I had them uh 15th preseason uh Jamie Odom returns Brody Schicker returns at uh, receiver uh their top two running backs Robert Tucker and Jamal Nevels they both return so I think this is a team obviously that that league is is not easy at all but uh, I think in week one I like Grossmont with the inexperience that Mira Mesa has Next game, Patrick Henry at Mount Miguel, 7 p.m. at Mount Miguel. Troy Starr uh, has another year under his belt there. Patrick Henry has a new head coach. Uh, so th- this is a sign of maybe uh, two teams that in a couple years will have a little bit of something to say on the landscape of San Diego high school football. Yeah, so uh, Mount Miguel, I think every year they've, they've been getting better under Troy Starr. We know how good he is as a coach. Um, I'm going to lean with them as the home team here. I know the computers like them uh, significantly over Patrick Henry, uh, bringing in a new coach. And it, it's tough to expect in year one, you don't know what all you're going to get and, and how guys are reacting to your system. So I'll go Mount Miguel here. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going with Mount Miguel as well. Uh, Coach Troy Star. I feel like as the years goes on, it's just it's a process. You know, Rome wasn't been a day. He had to take over this Mount Miguel program, so they're still building up upon it. And I think uh, they're gonna start off the season strong this year against Henry. Next game, 7 p.m. Montgomery at Hoover. A uh, Hoover with a new head coach this year. You can catch his interview on our SoundCloud and on our Apple iTunes. Really interesting dude, building some things up there. Um, uh, their quarterback coach, Bobby Schumann, friend of the show. Um, Montgomery with Coach Freddie Dunkel. Size, depth, speed. Like they're actually coming for it a little bit. So I, I, I lean just slightly toward Montgomery this this one. And, and Montgomery might be a sleeper team a little bit this season. Yeah, this is the one of the rare ones where they're similarly ranked. I'm going to go with the road team, Montgomery here. Um, I think they'll be they'll be organized in week one, and and I expect Hoover to improve over the the year. But it's tough to get everything together in week one. Um, Montgomery last year they had an even record, five and five. They're five hundred. I know they're really uh, pushing uh, for a winning record this season, and I think uh, going against Hoover week one is a good chance for them to do that. Next game, the Warner Wildcats will take on the Julian Eagles, 7 p.m. at Julian. This will be the home opener for Julian. Like Bodie said, uh, the Division Six teams all ultimately have to run through foothills yeah. and, and get a look at that. So you take all these early season games for them just as momentum building for, for who can get a leg up on that. Uh, next game is... One, one quick thing on, on Julian. Uh, they need to change their name to the Pies. We'll just leave it at that. Without the, the Julian pies, and the apple pies, or the pot, just the pies? just the pies. Okay. Variety. Next game, LCC, the Mavs taking on Cathedral Catholic because why not just have the biggest game <laughs> possible to happen? Week one happen between those two squads. I will let you guys decide. Yeah, so a rematch of week one last year. Uh, Cathedral went to La Costa, did not look prepared. I know this one's 7 p.m. at Cathedral Catholic. I know Coach Doyle uh, had taken the blame, saying he should have scheduled a scrimmage, which Cathedral did not do prior to last season. Uh, and, and La Costa looked good. They beat Cathedral 19-7, and we obviously know Cathedral bounced back and, and handled things from on from then on. Um, I know Coach Sovacool is going to have his guys ready for this one, and La Costa is a team I like this year. I think uh, they'll compete with the top half of the Avocado League. Um, I will go with another upset for the second year in a row. I'll take La Costa Canyon. Woo! Wow. Um, I like I like Cathedral here. Uh, for Cathedral, the big the big thing for them is that their big sexies are back, man. The big sexies, the big old line. They're back up front, ready to go. They got Jordan Allen to lead that defense. LCC has a nice front seven, but um, I think Cathedral is going to be able to get it going. Just going to say this: Jordan Allen might be the best best football player in San Diego. Don't know, but I'm willing to go out there and say that he's on the very, very short list. Our next game. I don't know if I even want to talk about Bishops versus La Jolla. <laughs> Just so you know, 7 p.m., Bishops and La Jolla are going to be squaring off. Uh, Horizon Prep. Okay, we should talk about it. Tyler <laughs> Buckner's back. He's healthy. Charlie Mossy has arms the size of Sequoia's. Um, Clarence Freeman committed to Davidson. It's a lot of good there. Max Smith for La Jolla is good. Uh, um, Hey, ironically, there's a kid committed to Davidson on both sides mm. of this game, which will be... For a school across the country. Yeah, for a school across the country. Um, I'm just going to bow out of any sort of commentary on this <laughs> one. Uh, full disclosure, I, I was one of the least productive running backs in the history of Hawaii. <laughs> uh, so I hold that distinction, and my future brother-in-law coaches at Bishops. Uh, what's up, Cole? Um, and now the girlfriend coaches at Bishops also. Casey's the field hockey coach at Bishop. It's, it's shout out Casey. Yeah, no, shout out Casey. 
Um, but uh, also, shout out, no objectivity for that one. Uh, so uh, moving on, we got Horizon Prep versus Victory Christian Academy. Another one of the D6 games. I, 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 we're going to sound like a broken record for a couple weeks on that one until we get some data input to figure out if there is anybody who can rise to the occasion. Um, next game, Madison versus Rancho Madison at Rancho Bernardo, 7 p.m. at Rancho Bernardo. The Warhawks with Keontae. Uh, they, they, they got oh, an offensive weapon of different mm. proportions every single season. Rancho Bernardo... They're good. Question is, can uh, both of these teams are good? Can they be great? Yeah, not a ton of identity from Rancho Bernardo. Um, I think both these teams will be battling uh, in the lower half of Division One to try and get maybe a home game come playoff time. Uh, I saw Rancho Bernardo in their scrimmage; didn't look ready yet, but that's why that's why you have a whole another week till this game starts. Um, this is a rematch from last year. They opened up at Madison, I believe. Madison won that game, maybe nineteen fourteen, yep. pretty close game that way. So, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, I'm sure Rancho Bernardo will be ready to, to return the favor as Madison comes in and uh, should be a pretty even game, I think. Yeah, um, I'm going to go Madison here. Um, Rancho Bernardo, they have two returning starters on offense and one returning starter on defense. So that's the youth is going to show week one. I feel like Madison does a good job with their program of just keeping their chemistry intact and keeping their team on go from week one. And I feel like they're going to start strong against Rancho Bernardo. Next game, 7 p.m., Classical Academy Travelers to take on Mar Vista. Mar Vista, hard to beat at home. Really, like with Coach Arciaga, for whatever reason, they have just been good at home. Classical Academy, kind of the same category as uh, Francis Parker mm. in terms of they didn't lose really all that much other than Diego Preciado. And Diego, we missed you, man. We see you running. He's a those, good kid. Those, he's catching routes. Like, he's looking Good at Stanford. That's a whole other podcast. Um, but the question becomes, can you immediately transition out of that one guy? I think that they have the pieces there. So I, I think that if anyone's equipped to, to get a W on the road in a place like Mar Vista Classical Academy, it looks like they might be one of those few schools. I'm going to go with Mar Vista here. Um, it's a tough place to play at, and it's a tough field to play on. Um, it's kind of just going to that like rocky place like that, but I just think Marvis is going to pull it out. Two similar teams. Classical Academy has a long drive ahead of them. That's that's not going to be an easy one with traffic there. I'll I'll go with Marvista. Uh, they'll be settled in week one. Our next game, seven p.m. at San Ysidro Mission Bay travels out to to take on uh, San Ysidro. Want to just say before we get started into this game, our our hearts go out to Mission Bay's squad this year. Um, we obviously spend a lot of our times and lives having fun, like talking high school sports. You get a little bit serious as the year goes on. But, man, like, this, this, is, just, this is just fun. Like, this is, this, is, this is something where we're all ultimately in this to help the kids get to be better people in lives and – Sometimes we don't take the moments to appreciate the small amount of time that we have with some of these kids and some of these programs and some of these people that surround us. And I know every one of us talking right now, and I'm sure that pretty much everybody listening right now uh, has had a head coach who at some point in their life has been of huge impact. So 
we send our prayers out to Mission Bay this season to the family of, of everybody involved, start to finish in that program. And we know they're going to be playing with heavy hearts this year. Uh, they're going to get it started against Mission or they're going to get it started at San Ysidro. I think this is kind of funny that Evan Aguilon uh, is playing against his dad yeah. as the head coach of San Ysidro. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Ysidro, though, they got a couple guys from the basketball team mm. to come suit up and play some football. Don't be surprised if this is San Ysidro's best year in the last 10 years. I'm going to go with Mission Bay here. I think they're going to be oh, super motivated. Yeah, it just kills <laughs> super it. motivated in week one. Uh, two similarly ranked teams, though, uh, and, and definitely a drive they'll have ahead of them on their way down there. But uh, another really good game for week one, but I'll go Mission Bay. I'm going to go Mission Bay as well. Um, talk about the basketball athletes. Still takes time to transition, so maybe in week one might not be like the most Fair ideal enough. situation, so Mission Bay. Next game, 7 p.m., the Hive of, of Hornets, a.k.a. Lincoln, rolling into Monta Vista. No Jamon McClendon and a ton of hype around Lincoln. I mm. think that this is uh, – every game is going to be heavily scrutinized for Lincoln, but they're going to be able to back it up to a, to a pretty decent amount, I'm assuming. So uh, I give the slight edge to Lincoln with if they really want to be in that open division conversation this year as they move up now to Division One. They got to win this one. Yeah, one of the problems Lincoln's had in recent years was was depth, and I think with with several transfers they brought in this year, they've, in my opinion, they've got the best group of skill guys around in the county, super deep at the receiver position, and a um, couple capable quarterbacks. So uh, this is one of the few matchups that isn't super even in, in week one. I've got Lincoln. I agree. I think Lincoln's going to make a statement week one. Our next game, 7 p.m., Santana. The Sultans travel out to take on Mountain Empire, the Red Hawks. Uh, I'm, I've got Santana uh, by an ever-so-slight edge. They are a program that we've seen them the last couple of years on the verge of breaking through. I think they finally break through this year. Yeah, I, I think Santana um, pretty easily here. They, they'll they have a long, long travel ahead of them, but bigger public school uh, opening up week one, and um, I think they'll get it done. Um, I agree. Santana... They're going to be a team that just rolls through week one. Next game, 7 p.m., Valley Center travels to take on Mount Carmel. Mount Carmel, they've been down the last couple of years. They're back. They're back. Yep. They're back. Yeah, a lot of returners for Mount Carmel. Uh, Ty Virgin at running back should have a huge year. Just picked up his first offer the other day from from Northern Arizona. So uh, it's it's tough in North County at a public school, but uh, I think they'll, they'll definitely have an improved year. Yeah, I'm going to go with Mount Carmel as well. Our next game, 7 p.m., San Marcos travels to take on the Otay Ranch Mustangs. Coach Stank getting his first official San Diego High School game under his belt as the new head coach of San Marcos. Oh, man, a little bit of turnover in the San Marcos roster, some changes in, in the looks. Xavier Reese, obviously a big contributor for them. Um, they've got some big guys here and there. Otay Ranch, though perpetually a team getting slept on. So mm. I would not be surprised if this is a huge wake-up call for San Marcos and Otay Ranch sneaks one out. Yeah, with San Marcos bringing in a new coach, Derek Stank from New Hampshire, I'm really interested to see kind of what he's able to do with a really talented returning group of guys. You mentioned Xavion Reese, Jalen Boehner there at wide, uh, wide receiver and cornerback. So uh, they're talented, but I'm curious how it'll all come together. I feel like uh, Otay Ranch is going to get a, a W here. I feel like a lot of the South Bay teams in general have been trending upward and really starting to move up little by little as seasons go on, and I feel like Otay is going to prove that against the North Carolina team in San Marcos. Next game, Olympian at Ramona, 7 p.m. at Ramona. Um, 
I don't think any of us need to say anything other than Noah. I will turn everyone else's microphone. <laughs> Noah, your chance. Okay, for Olympian, uh, they have a, a new coach in Coach Ryan Van Nordstrand who turned their offense into a spread Friend offense. Of Friend, of Friend of the show. He's a, a show friendly. Um, Lucas, their quarterback, uh, he's a returner. He's going to be good. Anthony Gilpin is the name to watch out for them. They're going to um, – he plays every all around the field. They got a good friend, Seven. Another guy uh, to look out for is Mufasa. That's all I'm going to say. His name is Mufasa. He's a sack getter. He should have double-digit sacks this season. I'm going to take Olympian. I will go Olympian as well, although going to <laughs> going to Ramona, you no, always got to be careful. The show. I said mics were off for that one. Um, next game, 7 p.m. Westview travels to take on Rancho Buena Vista. Robert Greer is the marquee name remaining hmm. at Westview. Rancho Buena Vista loses Dorian Crawford and a little bit of that. Ident- like, Dorian Richardson. Dorian Richardson, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Too many Dorians are around. Coming yeah. later with Dorian Crawford. Uh, he's texting me right now. We're going to have him in just a little bit. Slightly to Westview, slightly to, to Rancho Buena Vista. I don't know. This one is a toss-up game. I'll lean with Westview. Uh, you mentioned Robert Greer, one of the best uh, players in the county, really. It, his name's not out there, but he is. Our next game, uh, San Pasqual travels to take on the Sweetwater Red Devils. San Pasqual, they got some pieces. They, they lose a little bit of the size up front in the line, but I feel like they are very confident in what they've got. Sweetwater continuously undersized, but has the skill position. So this is going to be a little bit of a battle. Yeah, uh, two two teams. I mean, it, it's good to see a, a North County team go, go south like San Pasquale is. I just think overall San Pasquale has a lot of guys that will just be able to overpower Sweetwater in week one. Our next game, Southwest El Centro at 7 p.m. will be taking on the West Hills Wolfpack. West Hills, they're hurting for numbers this year. They got a little bit shorthanded on the roster, so they need everybody. They need everyone to stay healthy. They need everyone to stay intact. I still think that uh, Southwest El Centro is, is working with something from the last couple of years. Like Central, Southwest El Centro and Brawley are all going to be very talented this mm. year. They're always the sneaky team, so I feel like South uh, Southwest El Centro is going to make a statement week one. I'll go West Hills week one. I think at least with a small roster, you're not hurt. Hopefully week one, you can keep it together. Our next game, University City Valhalla. Gunner Gray, everybody, is going to be uh, the big name to know for University City this year. Uh, prove me wrong. He looked he looked good in 7-on-7 uh, seven seven this year. He looked really poised. I know there wasn't anyone rushing at him, but that shouldn't be a problem. He's a big stature uh, feller, and he's going to light it up. <laughs> Every week. Uh, hey, we're switching it up this year. We have new little names. Yeah, University City, Gunner Gray returns, obviously his top target at receiver doesn't, but Skip Walltower transfers in from Grossmont, so should have another target there. Brawley versus Gila Ridge at Gila Ridge, or Gila Ridge, however you want to say it. Go Brawley. Uh, that one will be 7 p.m. Uh, next game is also 7 p.m. Yuma Criminals. I love that. Yeah, that's that super underrated. Uh, Criminals. They will be taking on Central Spartans as a Moth comes into our I mean, studio. De Niro Osuna, uh, do we need to say anything yeah, else? De Niro, De Niro Osuna, he's getting that money. Or is, is he getting that bread or is he getting that money? <laughs> you um, can say whatever. Deal. Uh, 7 p.m., Imperial Tigers will be taking on the Cibolo Raiders. Imperial, another squad. Like, look, man, I, I feel like we can't, like, everybody should get out of the, well, we don't know about them mindset. Like, we know about them. Mm. These guys are good. These guys are strong. These guys play teams that they pick up early season wins against these non-section opponents. 
and then they they don't like they they beat each other a little bit in league, but then they all end up being really good. Um, Vincent Memorial at 7 p.m. will be taking on Palo Verde Valley. Vincent Memorial, we saw them a couple years ago win a CIF championship, so we know what they have. They've moved up a division. They've had a couple years to rebuild. Look for them, again, to be uh, talented and uh, a little bit coming for theirs this year. Uh, uh, Agassi Prep is taking on Foothills Christian. Uh, Foothills Christian uh, will be hosting that game at 7 p.m., I mean, are we saying with Foothills, uh, prove me wrong, kind of thing? Like, like it's theirs until they don't win one. I would say so. Orange Glen, we are all jealous of them. This one says yeah. seven p.m. Pacific Standard Time, but yeah, I don't be, know how they're like. Would it be nine? I guess for us, with I them out being in Hawaii, yeah, I don't. Too much guys, math. All you guys need to know <laughs> is that they are out in Hawaii yeah. playing the Waimea Menohenes. That's a um, cool. That's a cool name. I like that. Dude, that's a cool everything. <laughs> Almost <laughs> as good as the criminals. Yeah. We're going to put this on the poll, though. Uh, Sweet logo as well. Will, uh, will Kale Patterson have over 500 carries this year? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's not even a question. They're going to run them and run them and run them and run them. Like, it's going to be concerning. Yeah, what I, I I think I ran the number earlier. He had 28 a game last year, so that, that number is going to pick up significantly. <laughs> Jesus. And played some defense and... I can't imagine just getting the ball that many times. 375 carries. Dang, he has a like indestructible body. Like it's <laughs> steel. You saw him in studio last year. He's not that big though. Nah, That's what's but he's steel. Dude. It's hard. It's all hard, man. Uh, next game, Riverside County Education Academy is taking on West Shores at 7 p.m. Once again, we need. We're rooting for the San Diego team there. Obviously. Oh yeah, we're always going to side with San Diego teams. Uh, 7 p.m. The Calexico Bulldogs are coming in town uh, to. As I mark down uh, time markers, so people tell us, uh, Calexico is taking on Kearney. Party in the end zone. Yep. Hey, that real quick, Coach. That's my uh, uh, fantasy team name this year. Party oh, in the end up? zone. Yeah. Verlaine will appreciate that. <laughs> um, Seven p.m. Instituto Salvatierra will be taking on Holtville, the Vikings. Uh, that's a cross country rivalry, yeah. literally uh, <laughs> across the border into another country. Um, We'll always go. We're over, we are pro San Diego teams. Oh uh, yeah, Holdville so, all the way. Uh, <laughs> Tri City Christian will be going at seven p.m. to take on Calipatria. Tri City Christian has changed leagues this year, so a little bit more curiosity about that team and what they can do because with Country Day in league with them and some of the and, and SFC, like they are perceived as the runt yeah. of that league. So. Every one of these games is an interesting watch to see can they pick up some wins and play spoiler. El Camino, 7 p.m. They're traveling to take on the pointers of Point Loma. I will go El Camino here. I, I think I'll stick with the Avocado League theme. Uh, I think all seven of the teams by the end of the year will be top 15 in the county. Uh, El Camino, it was tough for them last year. I mean, I think... I believe second or third strength of schedule in the county. So uh, they played everyone. They played Cathedral and then their league. So I think they'll bounce back this year. I'm going to go Point Loma. Uh, high expectations for the pointers this year. And I think going against a, a team that plays in a good league like El Camino to start the season and get a W off of them is going to give them a confidence for the rest of the season. Yeah, Point Loma and, and El Camino, two teams that you feel for. Like, you're like, why are these two teams scheduling each other early <laughs> on? Because they're both, they're Western and Avocado League teams. And they're yeah. like, dude. Yeah, and, they, and they've Sheesh. opened. Like, like, you already played tough enough <laughs> football. Like, you don't need to be beating up on each other this early in the season. But then you tip your hat to them, and you're like, 
That's mad respect right there for two squads that are willing to go after it. Coach Hobbs at El Camino, no joke. Like, I think there's a lot of people that were questioning, oh, he, he, he was interim coach. Mm. He, he took over for Coach Ralph's squad and won a CIF championship with that, that group. Like, is he in this for the, the, the capability uh, of, of the long? Like, there is no questioning this man at this point. He leads a very physical, skilled football team. He just gets the brunt of playing in the avocado league. Yeah. But then you tip your hat to him and you're like, dude, go four and six. But go balls on go balls to the wall on that four and six. Mad respect for you. Same with everything at Point Loma. You're like, you gotta take on Saints, Cathedral, and Lincoln this year. You very like we wouldn't blame you for scheduling tomato can teams in the in, in the non-league, but mad respect. Go balls to the wall and play an avocado league squad. I'll say Tristan Schaefer and company are getting doubted on because they lose JL Skinner, who is their marquee player and not that good at basketball. <laughs> uh, compared to Casey Ranfors, but um, at that point, Loma defense is going to get the job done this year in a lot of different categories. So it's going to be very interesting. Our final game to talk about, and yes, that's right, folks. We have literally in the last hour and twenty minutes talked about every single every game, game happening in San Diego high school football. Is the Fallbrook Warriors and the Del Norte Nighthawks? Um, and again, before we go too deep into this one. We like this is like I don't like having to cover this every single year, but we have to stand up against cancer and we have to raise awareness. And Manai Hazlitt, who all of us had slated to be like one of the stud running backs, regardless of the fact that he's a junior, like mm. and has two years to be the stud running back, gonna miss this season battling cancer. Manai, our prayers go out to you, folks. We will retweet all the GoFundMe links to help get his cancer treatment paid for. But, like, it shouldn't go from Herm Strong to Manai Strong to this other. Like, we got to find a cure for this disease. And I, I know that none of us in this room can. I don't know if anyone listening is going to grow up to be the doctor that finds the cure for this. But, like, this shouldn't be something that we talk about in high school. Like, this shouldn't be a legitimate plot line every year in high school sports. So our prayers and our thoughts with the entire – Hazlitt family, the entire Del Norte Athletics family. They got to start it with a little bit of a heavy heart. But man, this Fallbrook team is 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 maybe the right team to start. Like Fallbrook, they were looking for a new coach all offseason. They found a, a new guy coming in with some college experience. So look for them to make a turnaround. Don't know how quick it's going to happen. Del Norte, we saw last year, like they had the spark. Mm. The question is, can they turn that into a full-blown fire this year? Yeah, uh, defensively, Jake Hadzicki returning, one of the more underrated kids in the county. 94 tackles last year, forced a couple fumbles. So uh, you know he'll shore it up defensively, and um, we'll see. Week one, I think they'll be fine with Fallbrook. Yeah, another player, uh, Michael Ashton. He's 6'5", 210, senior. Um, very fast as well. He, he plays tight end, defensive end. He'll be uh, good for them. Their O-line's still intact, so hopefully the guy replacing um, the guy that steps up at running back does well behind that O-line. And there you have it. Every single game that is happening in San Diego high school football in week one. Uh, guys, any closing notes? I mean, I'm just excited to see them play. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like you did an hour 17 <laughs> yeah. commercials. I just can't wait, man. I can't wait till Friday. Yeah, Cody, where are you going to be on Friday? I will be, if you have to go to the Torrey Pines Los Al game, I will be on the speaker. So you'll have to listen to me doing the PA. Nice. Send us a pick. Um, 
Bo- or uh, the Boa. Um, <laughs> Noah, where are you going? Are you going to be at Olympian Games I'll all be season at, long because of your I'll dad? I'll be at or? the Olympian game this Friday against at Ramona, so I'll make the drive up there. Oh, what's up with that? Yep. That's good. That's what's good. That's love right there. I'll hand you this. You Thank can you. Get in, you can get in on Whoa. Okay. Um, it's a little surprise gift at the end of the show. Thank you. It's his media credential. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> guys. Thank you very much for joining us week one. So here's how this is going to work, sports fans. We're going to have this show for you every single week. We might throw in some some team interviews. We might go on location for a little bit of this. But every week we will bring you a preview show and then a recap show. I cannot guarantee what's going to happen for that recap show because I want to get that done late Friday night. So we'll probably have you guys join us respectively for phone-ins from the games. that you Look, we're figuring this all out. Uh Capitalism be damned. Uh, the, the the radio stations and the TV stations all sort of went under that we have been on. But we're embracing it because, like you have enjoyed for the last hour and a half, commercial-free, nonstop. Uh, not technical air-free um, because we're still figuring out how to bring in phone guests and whatnot. But, look, we're going to have a ton of content football-wise for you. We're going to have even more content non-rev sport football Uh, basketball and baseball are just the tip of the iceberg for what we do here at SD Prep Insider. We're looking forward to a great school year with you. Bodie, where can they find you on social media? At SD Preps. Um, No Laxina. My at is at Noah underscore Lax 2017. I am Mr. CPED. The show is SD Prep Insider. Huge thanks to Scorebook Live for providing all of the information this season. Once again, we'll say it one final time. If you want your stuff talked about stat-wise, put it in on Scorebook Live. That is the way that we will see it and talk about it. Uh, Stick around after the break for uh, Dorian Crawford coming in to drop who he thinks are going to be his open division teams. I'll just, I'll I'll leave it at that. We'll talk to you soon, sports fans. Thank you. What's happening, sports fans? Christian Pedersen back here in the SD Prep Insider Studios, and we are now joined... By none other than Dorian Crawford, a.k.a. DC Athletics, the man that you need to see in order to step your game up to that next, next level. DC is working with all the big and best and everybody in between because he welcomes all. Dorian, how excited are you to have football back, my man? It's about time. I know, right? Like, you're working with these guys all offseason, all summer long, so I'm sure that you spend enough time talking and thinking and, and waiting for football season to get around here that it, it, it can't come soon enough. So let me, I'll just ask you the, the generally wide question. How's the off season been with you and everyone that you've been working with in San Diego? The off season's been great. Um, energy level high, everybody laser focused uh, from the youth to the pros. The pros, obviously, you know, they're playing for their paycheck and it's interesting watching the youth in the high school and the college guys working to get there so that it can play and do the same thing so one thing i'll say it's really great so before we go any further kind of plug where everyone can find you and what you're doing and just in terms of a day-to-day business level then let's talk a little high school football exactly so for the most part a lot of you athletes already know who i am you know Dorian cropper aka coach dc what i do is i help athletes become better versions of themselves so we do that with testing them with different levels of agility change direction reading reaction, um, defensive back position, weight work, speed work. Um, so for the most part, we do a whole lot. And I have a team um, right behind us, always wanting to help. Uh, Ryan Taylor left filming a really good speed 
scene specialist. So uh, shout out to them two boys. Now, one thing that I feel like you always are pitching that kind of separates you from everybody is you'll work with anybody regardless of financial means. Do I have that correct? You have that right. You know, uh, one thing, one, one reason why I really got into this, you know, it wasn't necessarily for, you know, we didn't know we were going to blow up and, you know, be training a lot of these uh, elite athletes and everything. It was more so, um, you know, taking back what I've learned uh, through my football career and bringing it back to San Diego because when I came back at the time, um, 2015, uh, for the most part, nobody seemed there, there was no there was no big there was nobody where I would say where everybody would say you know what no you got to go with that guy you got to go with that guy and I don't mean that in any disrespectful way what I mean that is you have some you know you got your strength trainer okay we all do um, and then you have some you know some some speed some speed trainers however my thing was I'm like what's football players you know what's the field work happening there. Uh, when I went to Texas Tech, they for sure introduced me to a whole different level of football. And with that, it was more about, you know what I mean, your body movement. And it was about can you get to point A to point B fast. And I said, you know what, I'm going to use what I learned from college and, you know, the pros and the, and the pros and what they do. And I'm going to take it and bring it back to the youth and the high school athletes so that they can already be a step ahead around other people because I feel like that's what really helps take my game to another level. Well, and we saw it this summer. You were working with some camps uh, down uh, based out of Lincoln High School, oh, and yeah. it, it seemed like the numbers, like people are legitimately flocking to you. So how awesome does that feel to, to like you said, have it really blowing up? It actually feels real amazing. You know, just the fact that it's not just the athletes, it's the parents and, you know, um, some of the other coaches trusting their athletes with me. Um, the way I like to tell people this with me is I'm not here to, I tell them is, you know, Anybody can get an athlete tired. You know, all you got to do is do the right condition. All you got to do is do the right the right thing. But when you can make an athlete work within what we were doing on a football field, how, how long would you say average football player is? Probably about, what, six six seconds, the whole play, seven? Yeah, something like that. See? So how, are, how crazy would it be if, you know, we work hard for seven seconds, boom, you get that quick break, you know, probably about, what, 10, 15 seconds, and we get right back to work. Sort of like the no huddle offense we're seeing a lot throughout, you know, NFL, college football. So it's real good. So right now, if you're listening and you're not a football player or you're a parent of somebody who's not a football player, don't tune out because DC will work with anybody because athleticism is universal. And from volleyball to baseball to lacrosse, anything in between, DC is your man to step your game, like I said, up to that next, next level. So Dorian, and let's let's and focus and on. And a, if I can't help you, I know somebody that can. Money can never be a reason why a kid shouldn't be able to get extra work. One thing I'll make sure I tell the kids is just show me some grades. There's only one. There's only one type. There's only one type of athlete I will not train, and that's people who's not passing their classes due to um, lack of discipline. So if you guys, you know, show me that you're working, show me that you're trying to do the right thing, we don't have a problem. You know, come join the team. Man, I don't know if there's ever been more truth packed into a two sentence. Uh, uh, segment on this show that's absolutely perfect way to to say it too many kids not focusing on the student part of student athlete and, and they let that go slip and so dorian let's focus on a little bit of high school football because i know you're working with everybody from from youth to the pros but you got a lot of the standouts here in the high school realm coming through your way this summer do you do you have maybe a couple of teams that you want to say, hey, look, I I've gotten a firsthand look at these squads, and I feel like they're they're really observant of some respect. Like, where do you want to start the conversation about high school football? So, high, 
football, I mean, this season to me, last season was amazing. But this season is probably to me one of the most anticipated because it's a lot of focus on, you know, on a lot of these, on a lot of teams. Due to the fact, you know, the transfer rules, some people's team was young last year. They're coming back, you know. Uh, what are you going? You know, what are you going to do the next year? A lot of single teams, if you look at it, they went to state championships and they did really great, amazing things and stuff. You know, so it's like, okay, how are you guys going to get over that hump? You guys been to one of the highest levels that y'all can go. What are you guys going to do next? You see what I'm saying? Um, so I think actually, you know, this season, as far as when I've been coaching and training, um, it's been a highly anticipated. I've been looking. I'm looking for more forward to this season than I was the last. And the reason why is it's just a it's just a doubt that I have. Well, I mean, doubt. I just mean, who's gonna who's gonna show out? Who, you know, you know, we know what some teams can do, but who's gonna be the Cinderella team that's going to be able to take out the big dogs? You see what I'm saying? Well, last season, just to put this in context for everybody, Southeast San Diego showed up in a way that was almost historic. San Diego wins the CIF championship. Morris wins the CIF championship. Lincoln wins the CIF championship. How has that sort of shaped the narrative of this off season? Well, you know. Um, one thing for sure is I think that these young men, you know, especially, you know, I call it uh, the community, you know, that's where the community where I'm from, Southeast San Diego, um, it's taking us up to let us know that, you know, we can do it. We play ball better than, just, than anybody. And, of course, people could say I'm biased or anything, but I'm always just going to say this. Stuff. Southeast San Diego is a gold mine around the country and stuff for athletes. It doesn't matter where you, where you put it. If you want some great football players, all San Diego, of course. But for some reason, that little old town, the south, that little old part of San Diego, Southeast San Diego, somehow, someday, some way, keeps producing numerous athletes. You go back to last year, you mean to tell me that's the facts, right? That's the facts. We had one one guy at Lincoln High School that was first team all state cornerback. Then we had another defensive back. First team went to Morris High School cornerback. So you mean to tell me, out of the whole state of California, the two first-team DBs was Don Chapman and Shamar Martin, both out of Southeast San Diego, Morris High School, and Lincoln High School. I mean, that should say something, you know. And I think that people around um, around the, around the city in San Diego, they they should for sure be understanding that you know the Southeast coming back, and um, you know they're loading up. You know, a lot of teams been doing this for a long time. Now it's finally Southeast side to finally step up. But a lot of people are going to have a problem with that. You see where I'm going with that? A lot of people, because they already know they got the athletes, but they're like, hold on. You know, now they're getting this, now they're getting that. Well, something's going on. What's going on is the coach is changing. You know, coaches doing great things. Um, parents believe in the program. Kids believe in the program. Media is finally, um, you know, um, having, bringing um, good attention to them, such as you guys and others and stuff. So I think it's going to take the whole city, and I love it. And it, you know, brings a smile to me when I see Southeast San Diego being uplifted. You know, so much with so much negativity. Let's point. You know, let's 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 put the thing on the good things, right? Well, and you mentioned the coaching staff specifically. You know, you could go to to look at Charles James and what he's done at San Diego. You could look at at what uh, you know someone like Jason Carter has done with with Lincoln. You you could put. Uh, Coach Tracy McNair Coach at, at Morris, you could put them as individuals, but you could also kind of lump them together and well, sort they, of respect. The, the reason, oh, go ahead. Well them, well, them three coaches and stuff, you want to know the honest truth. Like Coach James, when he's going at San Diego High School, I've, I've never, as far as San Diego High School, seen that really. The, the way he shaped that program so fast, 
I mean, come on. That that's somebody that's really going all in for his players. And you want to talk about Coach Mac. Coach Mac is one of the most declarated coaches in all of San Diego. He he knows he knows it. There the problem with you know, with that situation is we need our kids and our athletes to stay home more. You know, and I'm not gonna lie, guys like me and Brent Clay back in the day, you know, we, we went outside the community and stuff, but it's just it's a whole different time and I'm trying to tell people you know, I left it. You know, dang, I wish I would have got to, you know, stay and play now to you know, years looking back with the guys I grew up with and back in the community, so I could have run a championship. You see where I'm going? Well, I'll put, um, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of an exemption. When you were in high school, Lincoln was closed for a couple of years. Like it, the the what? school itself was physically shut down for renovations. So I'll, I'll give you yep. the exemption exemption on that one. You mentioned. So, oh, go ahead. Oh no, yeah. So, um, so what, what happened was, yes, Lincoln High School was closed. However. Um, before I went to Lincoln, actually, I went to Morris High School. Um, so the thing about it was, was it was at that time in San Diego, you know, 2006, you know, Mark would have been, which sounds would sound so long ago, would have been my freshman year, but 2006, 2010, you know, it was just the community, we didn't have as much support as we did today on the football scene. It was a lot of, you know, um, just a lot of drama, things that, you know, would have sidetracked you from a big idea. And that's what I'm saying. It's a culture change. Because of the culture change, and if it was all like this, oh, I would have no problem going to either one of those schools for sure. And that's just, and that's what I'm trying to tell a lot of kids. Like, it's not like how it was. Trust me. These people, they're, they're, everybody's woke. You guys are smart. These kids are getting freaking 4.0s. I mean, the list don't stop. Guys from Lincoln High School and more, they're getting Ivy League schools. They're getting Ivy League looking at them. It, it is genuinely impressive when, when you talk to teams who – in the middle of an interview, want to brag about, hey, look, our team GPA is 4.1. I haven't been below a yeah. 4.0 in two years. And you sort of go, man, I didn't even really bring that up. I was just asking, you know, what's what's the offseason been like? And you're telling me about already getting ready for SAT prep. And, and you're right that it yeah. is, it does seem like a little bit of a cultural change. Um, you had mentioned a little bit earlier in the interview, looking for that Cinderella team in, in, in this coming season. Lincoln, Morse, and San Diego, I don't know if they can count as that Cinderella team when they've already, you know, they're defending champs, quote unquote, but all three of them are in separate divisions, divisions one, two, and three this year. So they could potentially be again, champions across the board. Are there any schools that you've worked with any athletes outside of that area that you're like, Hey man, this is another team where it would not surprise me given the athletes they have, that they're going to stand out this season. I've actually been saying this, um, you know, I've worked with, this past summer, I've worked with over a little, just over, just over, you know, not like 595, but I've just worked over 500 athletes. And it's really 503 when I count it. But, um, and that goes from kids from all ages, not even just from high school, but the youth. So a, a team that I really, you know, I really have my eyes on for right now is, I'm sure a lot of other people, to me, it's St. Augustine. Um, the Saints, if you look at them, them boys are loaded. Um, they're loaded, loaded. And by loaded, I don't mean by, you know, they're getting transferred, they're getting this and that. They was a young team last year, you know. Really count how many graduates did they have uh, from last year. The running back back. Yeah, they, they really you know, only lost them. one or two players uh, of any yeah. sort of starting positions, yeah. And that's, and, that, and that's what I'm saying. I've worked with, you know, some of them boys, and I see some of them, them other guys work at it, um, such as Tyson, all the, a bunch of them boys. Um, so, to me, they're the team. They're going to be one of the teams for sure to keep your eye on. They're, them dudes is loaded. Um, not even just them. Don't forget, 
um, um, another team, obviously, we know Cathedral, everybody's talking about Cathedral, uh, but Oceanside, uh, Oceanside, you can watch their passing tournament, you know, they show that, you know, they got the athletes, you know, they're going to have their line, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do. But outside of those two, um, Mission Hills, uh, Mission Hills is another team, and obviously Madison. Uh, but my, somebody that, who I really picked, who was my wild card, just for sure, still came. You know, still came, had one heck of a run last year. So, you know, um, they still have some really good superstars on that team. So to me, I think that's a wild card team. And I do believe that they're a top eight. I think they're number, I think they're a top eight um, team in the county. All right. So let me ask you this completely in the, the abstract sense. I know it's preseason. We don't really know how football is going to pan out yet, but open division is down to four teams this year. Give me your four open division teams. Oh, man. Four open. I'm going to go with Lincoln. I gotta go. I got. I gotta go with my boys. Um, Cathedral. You know, somehow, some way, they will find a way to get in. Um, you know what? And I actually had. Um, I actually believe too. So um, that Sam Markle was going to go, um, and I still do think they can, but they'll need to make a. You know, just some adjustments to just get healthy. But for the most part, I would say um, Lincoln High School Cathedral. Um, dang. I know it's I'm loaded. It's a boys. it's a loaded I'm, question. I'm, I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with Corey Pine, Helix High School. All right. Those there Those you go. No, 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 no. Oops, my bad. I said Corey Pine. Um, I actually meant Mission Hills. Deal. I'll scratch yeah. the Torrey Pines yeah. part out of this, and, and yeah. we'll go Mission with Mission Hills. Hills. Helix High School. Um, but don't Mission Hills play Cathedral? They do. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm going to have to, um, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to really come back to that one because <laughs> hey, that loss, some of one of the two teams got loose, so I got to have to change something. Uh, yeah, so right now, I'm going to go with those three right now. Deal. We'll leave that fourth one blank for you, for, and we'll call you back in, in a couple of so, weeks. How about that? Yep. Well, DC, thank you very much for joining us for a little preseason football talk. And like we said, folks, at DC Athletics on Twitter, on Instagram, get a hold of this man to step your game up to the next level. DC, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, we'll check back in with you in a couple weeks. How about? That's going to sound great. And once again, anybody, everyone, some extra work, just let me know. Check in. All righty, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you very, very much. And folks, thank you for listening. I'm Christian Pedersen. The show is SD Prep Insider, and we will talk to you soon.